0: a woman how do you rise to the top how do you navigate the pitfalls and build the confidence to walk tall well there are no shortcuts there are no gimmicks and there are no cheat codes here but there will be a lot of discussion and insight from two friends who've known each other for a very long time i'm mikita oliver and i'm sitting with the acclaimed vogue fashion director julia sarge and she's also just my mate <laughs> Julia and I come from quite different industries, but we've watched each other grow into our own successes.
1: So we'll be sharing our personal stories and learning from our journeys so far, as well as discussing and dissecting the biggest subjects from our working lives, both online and IRL, all with the aim of helping you find the confidence to walk tall.
0: So join us and get ready to walk tall.
1: Hello and welcome to Walk Tall. I'm Makita Oliver. And I'm Julia Sargent
0: This episode is all about the art of asking. Today we'll discuss the do's and don'ts, the hows and the whys of communicating to help you get what you want out of your job. Never forget you're in charge of your own trajectory and we're here to help you build the confidence to do so. How important is communication? What is your communication language like, Julia?
1: Oof, my communication language? Probably quite clear. Quite blunt? <laughs> yes. I'm Sagittarius.
0: Oh, God, right. Yeah, and I'm French. <laughs> French Sagittarian. <laughs> and I'm from Brixton. <laughs> South London, thrown in at the end. So when you need to tell someone something, you let them know. Do you ever feel like you don't communicate with someone to also let them know something?
1: No, I'm not a ghoster. No. I do actually, like, construct my communication quite well, I think. Like, Mm. when I'm writing a message or an email. See, I had to be taught how to write an
0: email. Like, I I didn't know the world of emails because I I didn't have a job where I had to do loads of emailing and I didn't get a computer until, like, four years ago. So I had to learn the kind of lingo of email. So you learn the lingo of email and then you learn the the extra deep lingo, which is circle back and let's think outside the box. And I thought it was a joke. I thought people only talked like that in like stupid films. Something about the sphere of the email land, you just suddenly start using them. Do you use them?
1: No, I actually don't. Never say circle back. No, I've never said circle back. (laughs) (laughs) I don't like waffle too much in an email. So Mm. I think like still obviously polite, but I don't like tell my life story. Mm.
0: I think it's really important to communicate. We're going to discuss this today. How do we
1: communicate to get the things that we want in our lives? Yeah. So now it's time to talk about some of our personal stories and experiences about figuring out your self-worth and asking for what you want. Yeah,
0: which takes a minute, but you get there. Yeah. And I suppose I thought when we've like looked at pictures of ourselves as, as much younger girls that we were very fearless. I don't know how confident I was, but I was fearless. I did just do things and just go into the world and, and make things happen. But I don't think I knew what I was doing. And it feels like the younger generation are clear on what they're doing. It's almost like they've written it down and mapped
1: it out. And that, to me, I found quite intimidating. I was just like, oh, I'm just going to do this and that and, you know, see what happened. And I think it was such a different time for us because there was no, like, social media when we started. Excuse me, there was my MySpace. Oh,
0: yeah, of course. <laughs> but yeah, I think, I think there is that kind of focus with the young generation. And I wonder what would be a way for that to be asserted into getting the things that you want in your life and making your life what you want it to be. I think one thing would be to not expect things and to know that there needs to be work and action within yes. those two and, and states. And things take
1: time to master properly. Patience.
0: Patience is is quite a hard one for me because I do, I do feel the need to sort of experience what it is that I'm calling in as soon as I possibly can but then it's not really the right process. So I think patience is key and if I'd known about patience when I was younger I think I would have, um, I think I would have approached things differently.
1: And experience too, like it takes experience to be good at a job. I'm much better now than I was 10 years ago because I have 10 years of experience behind me.
0: Isn't that funny because when you were 25 I thought you were like top of your game,
1: (laughs) couldn't go any higher. But That's what I mean. I think it's like, don't underestimate the power of experience and taking your time with something and like learning your craft, like really learn about it. Learn about what you love. Mm. And I'm still learning. Yeah, absolutely.
0: And I love that you said it's important to learn your craft because I know that I want to know everything there is to know about television, not just presenting and the way it's made and production. And that's why I'm producing now. I think being a student in your work is beautiful.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, there's always more to learn. Also be open to different ways of doing things, to change. That's really important as well.
0: I was just trying to think about whether I'd ever said yes to something that I knew was, wasn't was right. And yeah, said, and you oh, regret it. And then you regret it. That yeah. really sucks.
1: That really sucks. Because there's nothing you can do because you're in it. And then you're just like, why did I do this? Why's why it? did I say yes? Mm. I'm not enjoying it. Also the other thing as well is I don't take things personally. Wow, how did you learn that? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, but I don't In a work scenario, I'm just like, leave my ego behind, do the job. don't take things personally Because I think if someone's just like you know if a client's like, you know I'm not sure about this or something that I've worked that I've done, it's like okay well let's have a conversation about it let's see why that is that you you feel like that mm-hmm. I'm here obviously to give my opinion and I'm also happy to collaborate and work and come out with like the best result for what we're trying to do. You're part of a bigger picture. Yeah and eventually
0: that sort of ends up changing the work doesn't it? Being able to take a bit of criticism because you don't know everything. Of course you don't
1: know everything and it's helpful but I think Mm. sometimes when I was younger I probably was like took it way more Yeah, personal. like, why are you being mean to me? <laughs> yeah, Because people also remember, like, people that are easy to work with. And it, it's like, do I want to go in that room with that person again for nine hours? No. Well, yeah, she was nice.
0: I'll do that with her again. She yeah, exactly. What she was doing.
1: I think it's just about being open and- Patient. Patient. And yeah, not taking things personally, leaving your ego at the door. Leave your ego at the door and don't take anything personally, and you will fly. It's true. So are there any scenarios where you've brought up your receipts, so say, like, anything that you've done in the past, like proof and asking for what you want?
0: No, but I think I've I've had to say it to myself. I just suddenly sometimes go, oh, wait, what am I doing? Can I actually do this? I don't know what the hell I'm doing. And then you just have to root yourself back down with truths. So I'll be like, I changed television when I was
1: 16 years old. Come on. Truths. Truths are my receipts. Yeah, I, Yeah, I think also remembering things that you've achieved that you were scared of before you did them is really great. Yes. Because then you're just like, oh, wait, I've done much scarier things than this, and I was fine.
0: Yeah, I've survived worse than this. Yeah,
1: exactly. And, you know, that comes from experience, but I think it's just so valuable. And and that's why it's valuable to have difficult experiences sometimes, because you learn from them too.
0: What were some of the more difficult experiences that you've had in the workplace where you have felt stifled and, and like, barriers were put
1: up? I think... I've probably made a lot of mistakes, like practical mistakes, but I've learned quite quickly from them. Mm. But I don't regret making them.
0: No, God, they're, they're important. Make yeah, those they're mistakes. they're important.
1: Because then you hopefully don't make them
0: again. What kind of stuff, Jules? Because I don't really think of you as a making
1: mistake kind of person. I don't know. I guess it's more like I have high standards on myself. Mm-hmm. To the outside world, it's like, what are you talking about? But to myself, I'm like... That could have better. It's funny because I was talking about it with a mutual
0: friend of ours the other day and saying, like, I think me and Julia do have a different approach to our working life. And I think it's because I made so many mistakes and I lost everything and you never have. Yeah. I mean, but now you're saying to me, of course, you see that you have made your own personal mistakes. But from the outside, I see myself as someone who, like, really messed up a lot, lost everything and worked really hard to get everything back. And you've sort of just been flawlessly sort of rising.
1: And I wonder if you see it like that as well on your side about yourself. I see all of the hurdles and the, you know, the the rejection as well. And you go through, is like a really important redirection.
0: Rejection is redirection. And what do you mean by that?
1: Well, I guess like sometimes when something doesn't happen and you're disappointed and then afterwards you're like, oh, actually... I understand why that didn't happen.
0: Oh my god, I have so many jobs like that. Right? I like, yeah, if understand. I don't get this one, then my career's over, and it. And now I'm like, oh my god, that would have been so awful and embarrassing. Yeah. Sometimes you don't know what the right thing for you is. Exactly. And I think that's when you have to step back and go. There is a reason that yeah. this isn't happening. There is a reason that that was a no. You
1: just have to let it go. Like I think also because you know I'm freelance, so like jobs and you know clients and things they come and go. So you can never get too attached to any one job. Mm-hmm. It's a good like education for life. Mm-hmm. Cause you just like have to just keep it moving. Like I don't think about like the jobs I didn't get. You know, I just like keep focused on the ones that I'm doing. Mm. So risk taking, I always thought was kind of about jumping off
0: something or jumping into something or taking something on. But I think the biggest risk that I've ever taken in my entire 23 year career was four years ago when I had to admit to myself that I wanted my career back. That was a really scary thing, because I thought if I say it, then I'm gonna have to do it. Yeah. And I was like, oh God, that's gonna be hard. That's gonna (laughs) take a lot. And then I went back to the truths of who I am and what I have done. And then I was like, oh no, this is gonna be fun. So I think for me, it's always a risk to be really truthful with myself because once I'm truthful, it's done. It's on the table and you we to are commit to it. committed and that yeah. is life now. Yeah. So I quite like risks now. It, it made me go back to my fearless child self.
1: Yeah, exactly. Or
0: teenage exactly. self. And so where do you find yourself taking risks in work?
1: I think the biggest risk I took probably was right at the beginning when I first started and I was studying... An art foundation, and I didn't know you went to uni. Yeah, so I went there and got offered this internship at ID. It was only meant to be for two weeks. They needed someone urgently. I had no experience, none. So I just went there, and then they offered me a more like long term role, but it meant quitting university. Cool, yeah, so I did, and. I remember asking my mum, I was like, what do you think I should do? And she was just like, you decide. Did she? Yeah. Oh, no. I was like, no, you tell me what to yeah. do. She was like, no, no, you make the decision. Like, I'll support you and whatever you want to do. So I think that was the biggest risk. And obviously, it paid off. And I learned so much from working at such a young age. But I was also very determined, you know, and very focused. And I think my mum also knew that about me. So I think she, was, she wasn't worried. I wonder how you, Julia, with all that focus and determination, would have looked in a
0: school environment for a longer time. Like if you'd gone on to like further education, I think you would have just felt
1: stifled. Yeah, I felt really, I, I, I think I was bored. Because I'd worked so hard, I was such a like geek at school, like in all the top sets, like A's, A-star's. Really? And, yeah. Oh my
0: God, we could not be more
1: different. <laughs> I was like, always wanted to be the best. Always had this this work ethic and I think by the time I got to my A levels, I'd started to be a bit like disillusioned by doing something academic, like mm-hmm. in that way, like school. So I already was a bit like, oh mm, I don't know about this. And then by the time I did the art foundation, I was like, no. It's I'm out. I didn't feel challenged by it. And excited and that's a really important thing for me. Probably hard as
0: well when you're in that buzzing city and you know that there is stuff going down yeah. all around. You like, I think you'll probably learn it out there.
1: Yeah, exactly. And also if you get offered like your dream job when you're like nineteen, you're like I'm just gonna take it. Take, take the, the risk. hundred percent.
0: Always take the
1: risk if if you want to.
0: This is the space we like to call the Walk Tall Mantra space. This is where we exchange advice and wisdom to each other. I've been really taking yours on board. (laughs) And giving them to you as well, sharing them with the world. So the gratitude sandwich is quite interesting. Do you want to explain it, Jules?
1: Yeah, so it's basically this idea of having something to cushion either side if you're saying something negative. Let's say truthful. That might be hard news to deliver. Yeah, making it palatable. Exactly. But like a breakup or something. We've all had that text. Oh. I've loved, you know, spending so much time with you, but I just don't feel like I'm ready for a relationship. And then the last bit of bread, someone will be really lucky to have you. Yes, that yeah, one. That's the other yeah. bit of bread.
0: It's like, how dare you? <laughs> how dare you? I have seen the way I communicate in my relationships outside of work Drifting into work and actually being really beneficial, like basically building healthier relationships with people in my family has affected the way I build relationships at work. I've always loved building relationships with a team. I've always loved teamwork. Yeah, and I, Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I feel like it takes a team to really conquer.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. I agree. Give me an example
0: of your sandwich method for like a work environment, the gratitude sandwich.
1: Okay, so maybe the scenario is you're, you want to leave but on good terms. Mm -hmm. First slice of bread. First slice of bread is I've really enjoyed working at the company for the last seven months, but I don't enjoy it anymore. That would be a bit of meat. And I'm really grateful for everything that I've learned. Last bit of bread. Sandwich. (laughs) (laughs) So if you could give a pep talk to your younger
0: self who was struggling to have a difficult conversation about her career, about her trajectory, about her direction and where she's meant to go, what would you say to Julia, 19?
1: So my walk tall mantra is, it can be scary to ask for what you want. I would make sure you have awareness in what you're asking for. It's good to take a risk, but also be realistic about the possibility of your wish being fulfilled. Everything happens at the right time. Don't rush.
0: Don't rush. That's such a gorgeous thing to say to one's younger self. Don't rush. Yeah, you've got plenty of time. Plenty. Yeah. Chill. Exactly. Well, my walk tall mantra in this space is, (sighs) know your worth and keep your eye on the prize. It's it's easy for me to lose focus uh, of not only what I want, but what I believe I can have and what I can achieve when my worth is being compromised. So I think it's fundamental to one's own personal success to learn as much as you can about your own self-worth and to speak it to yourself, speak it to the world and speak it to the people around you. It's like, get those words into truth place where it becomes everything. You say it enough, see it, live it, believe it and then it just is. I love keep your eye on the prize. Keep it. And then I see the, sometimes the strangest prizes and I'm like, I didn't know I wanted that. Okay, (laughs) really?
1: Like, it's good, it's like
0: redirect yourself
1: yeah exactly
0: keep your eye on the prize what would you see julia
1: i don't know i have so many things i want already
0: (laughs) i know well we'll refer back to the mood board (laughs) it's quite cluttered
1: the driving oh this
0: is my eye on the prize keep your eye on that prize you're gonna pass yeah like you just keep going well you've got you've got to be like oh i i drive already i do drive
1: exactly it's here already Yeah, I'm a driver. That was was very drivey. Yeah, I'm going to pass. There you go. I've passed. Drive me home. (laughs) And that concludes this week's episode. Thank you so much for listening. And we'll be back next week with a new episode. Absolutely. If you
0: enjoyed the show, please rate or review us on your favourite podcast platform. And don't forget to follow or subscribe to the show to make sure you do not miss next week's episode. We'll see you then.
1: Bye. Before we finish, we wanted to tell you about a show we love listening to To My Sisters. To My Sisters is the podcast by best friends and sisters, Courtney and Renee, which dives into
0: the realities of navigating adulthood, womanhood, friendship, so much more, promoting the wellness, growth, and development of women across the world. The two friends have candid, frank, and funny conversations to help other women along their journey to become the best version of themselves.
1: Search To My Sisters wherever you get your podcasts. We highly recommend you listen to it right now.